Hey all you space cats, this is your favorite underground artist Mitch Miller and you're listening to the Black Hole Podcast. This is uh, episode 3 of Trafnet and uh, sorry I've been gone for a while. I uh, just returned from a 1800 mile road trip last week about a week ago and I've been waiting to get that vacation under the belt before I proceeded with more on the uh, on the Trafnet nonprofit uh, magnet business so uh, I did speak before my vacation to a uh, family member extended family member who does bookkeeping and uh, he seems pretty on board with helping with the bookkeeping of the nonprofit and figuring that out. So we got one team member on board so far. Uh, this week I'm going to um, draft a email to a legal firm in the east end of Pittsburgh here that helps with environmental issues. To see if they'll help me incorporate into a nonprofit, or at least you know get get some kind of price range, or uh, refer me to someone that can help me form the nonprofit to distribute traffic streamlining magnets and stickers uh, on the to be placed on the backs of bumpers of vehicles, so that people can identify where vehicles are going in rush hour traffic, the daily commute. Um, morning rush hour, evening rush hour, major routes, parking garages, can see that on the back of the bumper, more likely to let people merge in and uh, become more organized, figure out what the traffic patterns are, inform drivers, uh, which we don't really do in the United States that well. We don't inform drivers, we don't inform the populace of laws, uh, but that's a different story. I do want to talk about my road trip um, and some of the traffic patterns I've observed on that and why it's important to form this group, not just this nonprofit, but this lobbying group on Facebook, the Trafnet Facebook group. That's T R A F N E T. And we're, I say lobbying now, we can go register to become a lobbyist or you know, go through that whole song and dance, which we will eventually do in th- two or three years. But until then, there's a kind of a nouveau lobbying situation that I'd like to try, which is getting a huge group on Facebook or another social media platform so that you can then write to Congress people and say, look, I have 30 million people in this group and uh, we voted and we all want to do this. So I'll give you an example by the end of this podcast. On the road trip, uh, noticed some traffic patterns. We we went along the East Coast. Obviously, uh, it was a 1,800 mile road trip through the New England states, but uh, didn't really run, run into too much construction until um, only really two spots. Uh, but one situation that comes to mind is just outside of Burlington, Vermont where we were headed to stay, uh, traffic cut down to one lane. It was a construction zone, but about three or four miles before the construction, uh, 
there was a police officer positioned uh, in the middle of the interstate. Uh, I forget which interstate we were on. Um, and he was directing people to merge over. So that's our merge point. And I'll come back to the merge point uh, strategy in these construction, on these interstate construction zones. But that was our merge point. Um, I had a hard time merging in at that point. Got a little frustrated. But a large semi-tractor trailer would not let me merge in at that point. Um, the more I thought about it, I was upset at first. I had to go in behind it. The more I thought of it, though, uh, that tractor trailer is probably in the right lane for an hour. Watched 20, 30, 40 vehicles merging in front of it before it got up to that merge point. And uh, this is for the truckers out there. I mean, let's talk about these merge points. Um, because I don't understand how we have not developed a good strategy nationwide by this point of dealing with traffic and lane closures. Now, you have signs that say right lane closed ahead, left lane closed ahead, road construction ahead. It's vague, and people get over in the right lane if the left lane is closed. They wait in traffic, and then that lane is inevitably slower because a bunch of people merge before the merge point. And, um, yeah, so you sit... You get in the correct lane, and you think you're justified in getting in the correct lane, and uh, you end up waiting longer in traffic. That's why the merge point is important. And later in a road trip, when we got back to Pennsylvania, I grew up driving from Pittsburgh to my hometown, 80 miles north of uh, Pittsburgh, on ICE Internet Interstate 79, I-79, and I observed this construction zone strategy uh, multiple times on I-79 and I thought it should I it came to mind when I was in Vermont but I think it should be the nationwide strategy and if we have a lobbying group we can get this done but coming from Erie Pennsylvania towards Pittsburgh Pennsylvania there's a construction zone that has traffic down to one lane for about five miles five to eight miles I would say now, four miles before the lane is closed, there are signs that say road construction ahead. And those signs continue every half a mile. They do not describe which lane is closed. They just say road construction ahead. Um, and then when you get to about two or two and a half miles out off of the lane closure, before the lane closure, it says lane closure ahead uh use both lanes to merge point big signs big orange signs use both lanes until merge point or till merge point or to merge point something along those lines and those signs continue they don't tell you which lane is closed until about a half a mile before the lane closure and that's probably some kind of law that they have to tell you which lane is closed uh they tell you the left lane is closed but again it says use both lanes to merge point and then up where the cones start to cr cross out the lane there is a big sign that says merge point or it says merge here take turns so i believe this should be the strategy you run both lanes of traffic up to a merge point and then you merge seamlessly hopefully without stopping 
uh, into that single lane, taking turns, each alternating from lane to lane. Um, and I think this is the best way for the flow of traffic to continue through construction zones. I think it should be the national strategy. I think it should be the standard on all interstates and hypothetically all highways that are two lanes cut down to one lane. Um, I don't know why it isn't. And we can even get high tech with this. I mean, uh, we could develop a camera system that captures license plates at a certain point in traffic and then it could sync up with your navigation whatever your gps navigation or your smartphone navigation is and it could have a little menu on there that shows your license plate and the license plate you should be behind um on the screen so that you know which license plate you're supposed to merge behind and we could streamline traffic and merge seamlessly at these merge points. So that was the strategy that I was trying to go for in Vermont, was to run ride the left lane um, all the way up to the merge point, and then I thought I would be allowed to merge in seamlessly. Uh, that did not happen, and uh, I understand the rationale for people who do get in the correct lane when the signs say, four miles before the merge point that the left lane is closed and it's confusing it's confusing people think left lane is closed i need to get over i need to get over now some people run up a little further and then they get over i should get over here and it causes a stop go stop go stop in that lane which stops the whole situation and it's not a seamless merge um if you run both lanes to a merge point then we know right here's the point where we merge and we need to take turns and I'm going to let that one person in, then the other person is going to go behind me, so on and so forth. And we're going to keep moving at 35 to 45 miles per hour instead of stop, go, complete stop, uh, 15 miles per hour, 2 miles behind us, 10 miles per hour, 5 miles per hour, 10 miles behind us. So that's the strategy I've seen on I-79, the merge point, run both lanes to a merge point and merge seamlessly. It works. Uh, we can do studies to make sure it works. We can develop technology to make it even better. But uh, this is the power we have if we come together as a lobbying group. Um, you know, these are traffic ideas. And like I said, TrafNet, the nonprofit, is going to tackle traffic. And these are simple things that we could have figured out. Again, and I know I've said this 30 or 40 years ago, uh, that still. It's just signage. It's literally just these individual states printing up the right orange signs and putting them out every time. The other thing I want to talk about driving from Pittsburgh north, uh, this has happened a couple times. On a weekend, everybody goes to their hunting camps, their summer camps up in my area where I grew up out in the country, um, and they flee the city and they take I-79 north. And I noticed this happened to me once last year. Uh, there was a construction zone on a bridge on I-79. Um, and they had it shut down to one lane on this bridge. But no construction had started. I don't know if it was an inspection. I don't know. But nothing, the pavement had not been peeled up. 
nothing had been started, and there was an hour of traffic behind that one lane on a Friday evening heading north. Um, and when you get up there, you're like, they literally just have this lane shut off with cones for no reason. There's been no construction started. They just didn't want to take the cones back or something. So with this lobbying group, we can get an explanation for situations like that. Why was this lane left closed over the weekend when you know you have a lot of commuter traffic on Saturdays or on Fridays and Sundays? Uh, so little things like that, moving construction, road construction to the evening, to the nighttime. We have the lights. We have the LEDs now. We can do this. So this is what this group can lobby for. So join the TrafNet Facebook group, please. And uh, we'll do voting via thumbs up and hearts or whatever. We'll figure out a way to vote on there on who, how we want to tackle these traffic problems. And uh, you'll get updates on the, tra on the progress of TrafNet. Uh, I believe in transparency in this nonprofit. So we'll disclose things. We will vote on different aspects of the business. And uh, that's what you get when you join the TrafNet Facebook group. So join today. Um, like I said, I'm going to draft that letter to a, to a lawyer, to a law firm, and we'll see where we go from there. I'll update you hopefully sooner. I think it's been over a month since the last time I updated you. So hopefully it'll be a little sooner. Uh, and thanks for listening. I'd like to thank my sponsors. If you find yourself in Inchon, South Korea, stop by Liquor Burger. It's a pub. It's a it's an it's a pretty cool little gin joint. And um, try the Black Hole Shot. Tell them Mitch sent you. Uh, if you find yourself in Utica, Pennsylvania, my hometown, stop by Krabby Kelly's. Get all your STDs at Krabby Kelly's. That's snacks, tobacco, and drinks. Uh, Again, try a black hole shot. That's Jägermeister with a little pepper, a little pepper sprinkled on top, a little cool dust sprinkled on top of there. Since the first season of this podcast, I was a cool miner. I'd like to thank Neon Grouse Embroidery and Screen Printing. If you need a logo or design embroidered or screen printed on a garment of clothing, look into uh, Neon Grouse, neongrouse.com. Uh, if you go through me, uh, part of my commission goes towards providing clothing for people with disabilities and speaking of disabilities why not subscribe to disability tv it's a youtube channel that's my fledgling media company and we're going to do a lot of good things with that coming up in the next couple months so thanks for listening and join me next time